Welcome to another edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Bubba, I can, I can sense your energy right now. I, mean, I, I can just feel it. Uh, you are fired up. This this podcast today has Bill Bubba Bussy written all over it. Rick, it is a high-tech podcast, I know, uh, yeah. but we want you to be a part of it, I'm too. all in. I, if y'all don't need me, it, i tell you what I'm here to do today. I'm here for the commercial. Uh, but, but, no, I, I, I'm, I'm going to attempt to participate. Uh, it is a it's a fascinating topic, and Bubba, you talk about uh, if, can we even cover everything our guest is involved in? I well, know we're, are we going to focus on telescope? It's going to take a little while to set up who our guest is. It's Ron Wilson, yeah. uh, or I should say, General Ron Wilson, yep, retired yep. Air Force Brigadier General, uh, flew the A ten during his time in the Air Force. Currently, a seven seventy seven captain pilot uh, or captain with American Airlines. Um, and if that's not enough, his other job is with NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, JPL, and he's working on a cutting-edge telescope to put on the moon. How about that? But so That's all. Yeah, and, and I thought— And in uh, his spare time. Yeah. <laughs> General, i got to be honest, I was going to brag a little, about, a little bit about me hosting a radio show, but I think I'll stand down. Uh, so welcome to Rick and Bubba University. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited about this. So, Ron, yeah. before we get into to all about what you're doing with this advanced project, yep. uh, let's let's set up a little bit about who you are and what you've done. Brigadier General? Like, right, Brigadier that's, General. That's yeah. pretty cool, man. Yeah. Took 37 years, but uh, I finally made it. <laughs> so where are you originally from? <laughs> so I'm originally from Wisconsin. Uh, I'm now living in Michigan. And then we were down here on uh, Smith Lake. Uh, we do a little bed and breakfast kind of uh, retreat <laughs> on Smith Lake in the winter in the winter time. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute, Bubba! <laughs> he's he's pulled off what I've been trying to do. <laughs> See, what, what, you're doing it you're the opposite reason. I must leave Alabama during the summer. I, I'm looking for a way out. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because I, I don't I don't li- I've never liked being that hot. I've never adjusted to it. Uh, but I, this is all I know because my parents decided to to birth me here, uh, and and we do the show from Alabama. For those who don't know that, so I've told Bubba he's heard me talk about this for years. I need to work out some kind of deal. I'm going to need a second job to have a place that when it starts getting burning hot here, I go to enjoy a mild summer, and then about the time that the winter gets too harsh there, I come back for late fall and winter here. That's perfect. And you're doing it. I'm doing it. That's yeah. perfect. He's how's living it, the dream. How's that working? Is it, are <laughs> it you, works well, great. You get a little bit of winter, then you get tired of it, you leave, right? That's right. That's right. Now, the summers in uh, Michigan are absolutely beautiful. You know, 70, high 70s. No. Know, low humidity. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> Note to sell. You have yeah. to come see me. Yeah. <laughs> Close the gap with Ron. That's right. <laughs> right. So, Ron, tell us about the Air Force. Uh, you flew the A-10, the tank killer, which is yep. an awesome airplane. Yep. So uh, I went to pilot training at Reese Air Force Base in Lubbock, Texas, which isn't there anymore. Um, and then I was stationed at England Air Force Base in Louisiana, which isn't there anymore. <laughs> There's a little trend going. <laughs> uh, flew the A-10 there for about three and a half years, and then I went off to Holloman Air Force Force Base and did the fighter lead-in program where I was flying the AT-38 and I was teaching guys how to uh, do dog fighting, how to drop bombs and all that. And then uh, got out of the active duty, got hired on by American Airlines and I stayed with the military as I went to the guard up at uh, Battle Creek, Michigan at the 110th Fighter Wing in Michigan, f- continued flying the A-10s up there. So when you have <laughs> trained to fly the fighter jets and all this, 
Is it boring flying to big planes when you just have to like be real careful with everybody? It's completely different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's completely different. They they don't like to roll upside down like we do in the A10. <laughs> yeah, they, they 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 frown on that. You know. Yeah, I've I've ridden with your airline. Please just don't do that. Let's yeah, don't, let's don't no. go upside down. Uh, so with all that going on, you have found time to work at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, which is in California, uh, I guess Pasadena, Pasadena in that area, yep. and uh, and you're working on a project that may end up being actually launched to the moon. That's correct. We're working on a project called the Lunar Crater Radio Telescope, and uh, the, it was funny how I got that to that point was I was uh, when I was getting ready to retire, I decided to do my master's. So I did my master's, and, and the Air Force always wanted you to do it in, in uh, you know, uh, uh, management or something like that. Well, I said, I want to do it in something I'm interested in. So I did my master's in astronomy. And my thesis project involved JPL, this project that they were doing. And when I got done with that thesis and graduated, they said, hey, why don't you just stay on with us? And I said, you want just a dumb pilot to stay on with you? Because these guys are, are brilliant out there. I mean, yeah. they're, they're some really smart people out of JPL. So we continued this project, and uh, we're part of NASA's NIAC uh, mission. It's NASA's Innovative Advanced Concepts Program. And uh, we're currently wrapping up Phase 2, and uh, we're hoping to get picked for Phase 3. And this so this is like a competition, though. People bring to the table. <clears throat> how, how many people have you it competed is. against? So when for Phase 1, there was a, a couple hundred pro, uh, projects, and it could be from academia, it could be from universities, uh, from private enterprise, from industry. A bunch of hams in their garage. Anything. Something, and yeah. they, you do this proposal, and for Phase 1, NASA will select 15 projects. And then they give you a half million dollars, and they give you nine months, and you do a conceptual development. And then after that, you're competing now for phase two of the 15. They'll pick five. And uh, we made it to phase two, and then they give you two years and $2 million. Now you're kind of into developmental stuff and testing and, and that. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of phase two, they pick one for phase three and uh, another $2 million in two years. And then at the end of that, you hope to become a NASA program of record. Do you even, which means you, you get to do it? Would you like to? <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Would That's, you like to pronounce for us your team leader? <laughs> yeah, because we're not hey, even going to try. Have you that seen one. this, Doctor B? Yeah, you, just Doctor B. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I about his first name. Saptarshi. All right, I Sap can do that. I can't Sap do that. So Saptarshi's right. His last name has one, two, three, four, <laughs> five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen letters. Yeah, and none of them grouped uh, together yeah, no, look like no, anything I've no. ever seen. Yeah, so is he's not from Smith Lake, right? <laughs> he is not from Smith Lake. Okay, he right. is not. From, he is from India. <laughs> okay, yeah. But he is a very Brilliant. he's a robotics engineer. He's the what they call the PI, the project investigator, and uh, he's a very smart individual. I bet he is. I mean, I mean, people like that. I mean, I won't even annoy them with trying to carry on a conversation with me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just I, I, the, the, how their yeah. minds oh, are just it's incredible. Amazing. And when so, I go out to JPL and there's 6,000 of him out there, it's amazing that we've got people like that working on all kinds of things. 
So what do so, you bring to the table, which is what you were basically asking? So you know, I'm, I'm a pilot, and, and 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 we're dealing with the robotics, we're dealing with telescope. What what yep. are you what are you helping with? So what I bring to the table, what they liked about me is uh, my connections with the military, with the government, okay. um, and they use me to research other things. When I did my master's, I researched a way to keep the telescope formed perfectly. It's called active surface. And they liked all the people we reach out and touch. I mean, when we did this telescope, the last six months we've been working on anchors, and, and we've talked to people in the Antarctic research in Alaska, uh, over in Europe that do ship uh, line, ship to shore line mm-hmm. emergency throwing. Uh, uh, something that you guys would be interested in is uh, hunting. Um, yeah, we we uh, broadhead arrows, how they open mm-hmm. up. We w- looked at that design for our anchors, boat anchor people. I mean, we've covered the whole spectrum. I did um, some stuff on lasers. I did stuff on lunar dust, which is a problem, mm-hmm. solar radiation. We do reach out uh, things to, for uh, high school kids, grade school kids. We do all kinds of stuff. So, Well, so we're, this is going to be a telescope that they're going to put on the moon that will be robotic. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll come, we'll we'll come back yeah. and, and yeah. break that down. But, yeah. Ron, I'm just curious to know, with all of your credentials, yeah. how many people at Smith Lake know that an Air Force general that works for JPL and flies 777s are living next door? Well, probably not too many. <laughs> <laughs> you just never know, do you? You never know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah th- this was th- this is that feeling when you, you know, if you, if you start kicking around the campfire yeah. and it gets over to, to the general, and he said, well, let me tell you what I'm working on. I have a feeling that, that there won't be much chiming in. Well, one of the interesting things, so we do this retreat at Smith Lake, and we get people who quilt and sew and scrapbook, and, and some of these are they're elderly ladies, and I start talking to them, and they go, oh, yeah, I'm an engineer up in Huntsville. You'd oh, really? be surprised okay. how so many they, people. They, because it's so close to Huntsville. Yeah, they work yeah. at Marshall or, oh, or yeah. somewhere up there. <laughs> so uh, I talk to them. <laughs> we have a good conversation. All right, well, we'll come back. We want to jump in when we come back, like you said, Bubba. Let's get into a little bit about, and we got other things to cover, but let's get into this telescope because when I'm looking, when I see the term robotically placed on the far side of the moon. Yeah. That's a big deal. Uh, I'm thinking to myself, I'd like to see us walk into that a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so we'll do that. Our guest Spider-Man today, would be proud of that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Retired Air Force Brigadier General Ron Wilson is our guest when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, continues. This is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetv.com slash Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. So we're all looking for gifts right now, and some of you out there are thinking, what do I need to do? Can, can I just suggest that you go to Tommy John? Uh, Bubba and I have been talking about this great product, um, and you've got this cloud hanging over your head, and you're thinking about, i got to get these mm-hmm. gifts. Knock out your list today because Tommy John's is having the wrap-it-up sale. It's happening right now. Uh, look, it, it, it's the perfect gift. Nothing brings someone more joy uh, than the softness and the comfortable fit of Tommy John. Now, you want you, me to model mine? Yeah, Bubba, please don't. <laughs> it just um, – Please don't do that. But I mean, you could. But somehow, speaking of the back side of the moon, I'm telling you, <laughs> and the dark side of the moon, and it's uh, suddenly a new rating on our podcast. But uh, but the, the reason why we love what's going on at Tommy John right now, first of all, they they've got a sale going on, so you're going to do pretty good right there. And you're giving the gift uh, of comfort, and uh, everybody on the list, including you, uh, you're going to love. And and this is the Tommy John underwear, but also don't forget the loungewear and the pajamas uh, with over eighteen 
million pairs sold, Tommy John has become a holiday tradition. 97% of women and men love getting the gift of Tommy John. So this time, don't forget the ladies either. They've got the loungewear, and they do have stuff for the ladies. And Tommy John does not have customers. We can speak to that. Uh, They have fanatics. So softness season is here. Give the gift of Tommy John underwear, loungewear, or pajamas by simply going uh, to TommyJohn.com slash Rick Bubba. That's TommyJohn.com slash Rick Bubba and get 30% off everything at TommyJohn.com slash Rick Bubba. And if it's not the best pair of underwear that you've ever worn, then it will be free. That's 30% off right now. TommyJohn.com slash Rick Bubba. All right, so we're talking to retired general today, Ron Wilson. He he has flown in the Air Force. He he specialized in the A ten, uh, and now is currently uh, a captain with American Airlines, flying the seven seventy seven. Uh, but he is on a team, Bubba, that's working on a telescope that it sounds like we're going to try to get to the moon. Yeah, well, uh, Ron is part of the uh, Innovative Advanced Concepts Program at NASA, and this is a competition where they look for that's cool. new and exciting projects. And, and I love this, Rick. This is kind of putting the free enterprise capitalistic system to play mm-hmm. and uh, trying to come up with the best projects that will actually work yeah. and, and get the desired results. And uh Ron, you guys are going to put a lunar crater radio telescope on the backside of the moon. That's correct. But you have to do it robotically. It's going to be all done robotically. Yep. So tell us a little bit about that, because we we all have we're, we're familiar with the Hubble. Yep. We're familiar with James Webb. We've heard a lot about that lately, and how the advantages to being in space uh, out of our atmosphere has really led to a lot of advancements. Uh, some of the James Webb pictures are just, mm. I mean, breathtaking. I mean, it's, uh, uh, it just, it's mind-boggling to look at it. So tell us about on the, on the backside of the moon. I'm, I'm taking that, that part of that is to shield it from the Earth. It, that's true. Uh, so really two things uh, to do the science on the backside of the moon, the far side of the moon. One is where we don't have an ionosphere on the moon like we have on the Earth. Now, the ionosphere blocks a certain segment of the radio signals. Right. So we've never been able to look in that area ever because being on the Earth, you can't see it. And then the Earth is very noisy with, with cell phones, microwaves, radio shows, very right. noisy place. Power lines. Everything. everything. Engines. So the far side of the moon also blocks it from our, what they call RFI, you know, radio frequency, frequency. interference. Mm-hmm. So very quiet, pristine. It's probably the only pristine place in the solar system that mm-hmm. you can hear things. And, and these radio waves are really big. They're from anywhere from 10 meters to 100 meters big. So we're trying to capture big radio waves. Yeah, I was going to ask you what frequencies you're, you're so going to be looking at. So. 4.7 megahertz to 47. And that's the area that we can't see here right. on Earth. So and the radio waves equate to somewhere around ten meters to hundred meters big, right. and that's why the telescope is three hundred and fifty meters big. Um, we actually started out in phase one; we were one kilometer in size, but we had to look at budget and we had to look at the science. And without giving up a lot of the science, we're able to shrink it to three hundred and fifty meters and still keep ninety nine percent of the science that we're trying to do. So we'll we'll get to the the physical. <clears throat> way that you're going to do this, but but talk a little more about what you're going to actually hear or hope to hear with this that okay. we haven't heard. Now, you, you said there's a, there's a band of frequencies, and yep. a lot of that is what, you know, we know uh, 
a lot of it gets reflected by the ionosphere, especially at night, like the yep. AM radio band slightly below what you're talking about, but some of those characteristics going up. Um, and we just never been able to listen in deep space because right. if that's the frequencies we made noises on, it's also the possibility that maybe other civilizations have made noise on. That's true. So the frequencies, what we're looking at, we're trying, and, and there's a whole spectrum, electromagnetic right. spectrum. So we're looking in the radio wave spectrum, and you have infrared, and then you have visual microwaves. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at the far left, the really big stuff. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to look back to just after the Big Bang. Now, right after, and that's three, 13.8 billion years ago, right after the Big Bang, the universe was opaque. So we're trying to look through that back, back to something they call the cosmic uh, dark ages. Uh, they have the cosmic dawn, which is where James Webb is looking at, and James Webb is, Webb is an infrared telescope. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at bigger radio waves than James Webb. So we're looking at the first stars, the first galaxy formation is what we've never been able to see before. And we're looking way far back at radio waves. Um, so it, they're very, you know, uh, um, even even like the sun and Jupiter make up noise that block this, the galactic background. Right. We have to pick a certain place on the far side of the moon where it tracks, and we try to track not through the center of the Milky Way because it's too noisy. Right. You know, so that's that's kind of what we're trying to do. Shoot outside the spiral. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Looking at the edge of it. So you can, I mean, it's from our view, it's a streak, <clears throat> you know, a band. So you go below or higher, then you got less noise even made in the Pretty much. We, we do go through it, but we go through a, a less noisy right. area of it. And, uh, and we can only do this at night. Because the sun's too noisy. So the lunar day and night is 14 days long for day and 14 days long for night. So that's another issue that we have to look at. We can only operate during the nighttime. And, and that is because the moon basically does a rotation every time the earth does. It ro- so, so it doesn't look like it's moving at all to us. It rotates around the earth, but the moon is tidally locked. Right. So the same face faces us and the, right. and the far side of the moon never faces us. And it rotates around the around the universe. Yep. So it gets fourteen days. I was going to ask you fourteen days of light and fourteen of night. That's true. Wow. But so you got to make hay during the fourteen at night. Yes. And one of our problems is the it's a great scientific temperature term change. I use making hay. Making yeah. hay yeah. Yeah. Right. works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the temperature change. I know Apollo Huge. dealt with that because there's no atmosphere. Right. To to equalize it. You got real hot if you're on the sun and real cold yep. if you're not even on the same piece of metal yep. on one side and the other. So we're talking 100 and 120 degrees Celsius during the day, positive, down to about a minus 170 Celsius at night. That's so, a huge change. I mean, that's is. just that's hard to engineer hardware for. It is, yeah. and that's, that's some of our challenges. So when you, you say this telescope, what it's going to be able to do, so you, you're saying this is going back even further uh, you're you're using the term to see where stars being born. Yes. So yep. so you you're trying to get as I mean as far back to this is where this started. Yes. Is this is this what you're trying to say? Pretty close. We're yeah. uh, we're a couple hundred million years after the Big Bang, which is really a short period. So we're mm-hmm. right after the Big Bang. Um, like I said, the universe was kind of opaque, and the hydrogen was forming, and and then it became transparent, and we're right in that that area, what they call the uh, dark ages. Because it hadn't spread out yet. You're right. right. Yeah. Right. Uh, if all it, of that theory is actually correct. Right. Which 
Right. It, it is a theory. You're right. Well, un- understood. Is. And that's why it's important to do these kind of things to go, okay, well, this has got a problem. Or this looks like we're right on target right. Uh, right. about what happens. And and I know there's been much debate uh, uh, about that. Uh, and the more we can see, then the more we can maybe – you know, learn and, and adjust where we're maybe a little off and then confirm where we've been right. right. And James Webb's been helping a lot with that because that James Webb can see almost oh, back, yeah. you know, that's so, so for someone like me that totally novice, are we going further back than James Webb can yes. go? Yes, yes. We're going the, back to the dark ages. Right. So the, just which, a little bit. Is, so so we, we, we had, what was the big one before James Webb? What was Hubble. The, Hubble. So Hubble, then James Webb went further, and this will be the next. Yep. Go back. Hubble was optical. Mm-hmm. James Webb is infrared, and we're radio wave. Okay. So, and, hey, did you know Bubba's a ham? Oh yeah. <laughs> Are you thinking about him? Maybe bring some of his guys in on this. I was thinking, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought he might some, want to come to that when we launch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some of the guys probably in on it are hams. So. Probably are. so. I, yeah. I bet are we you? got we got a, a team right now of about twenty one people. Um, we got uh, some guys from Houston, uh, the Space Center down there. Uh, we got me, most of the guys from JPL, but uh, we have a. The director, uh, former director of the Arecibo Telescope, and I'm sure you're familiar with that, and it structurally failed two years ago. That's why this telescope has really gained some traction, is because the biggest telescope the United States has now is 100 meters in West Virginia, and the Chinese have a 500-meter radio telescope. So when we reduced from a kilometer to 350 i said why don't we do it 505 you know, yeah. just, uh, just, uh, <laughs> just a little bit a little competition thinking, gotta, and the, the one up. that failed it it was in space it didn't open up properly right well arecibo was the one down in puerto rico okay that yeah okay failed. yeah yep. right yep. yeah we saw it cave in on yep. it so, and it was in the james bond movies and been yes. in a lot of movies it was james bond and the movie contact if you ever right. seen that movie it was what, what was the one in space that didn't open up properly there was uh, i think it was lucy and they actually fixed that the, Did they the get rollers it? on it right. to get got the, stuck yep yep i think they actually fixed it or got 95 percent even even in spacecraft and telescopes sometimes you need a little wd-40 yeah well, yeah <laughs> is it amazing sometimes james, where, th- where things that are so simple get used in these really high-tech things oh, to yeah. repair J- james them? <laughs> webb had so many movements on getting that telescope unfolded it was amazing you know yeah. they pulled it all off well, yeah, I mean, what you guys and people before you have done is fascinating. We come back. I want I want to talk about if we're if you're going back to just before or just after the Big Bang. That'd be mm-hmm. more accurate. It's not before, it's after. It is is I want to see t- before it. You have yeah, seen you really yeah, got something there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you may get a big hello, but but the um, but but you know just after it. If if that theory holds up, what I want to ask you is when this telescope is operational what we should be looking for that would say, okay, this, this is affirming. And then what, if you, if you got other information, you'd be like, well, maybe there's an issue with, with how we think this took place. I'd like to ask you what, what, what we would actually be looking for. Sure. So we'll talk about that when our conversation continues on this edition of Rick and Bubba university, the podcast. All right. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, free iPhones. Uh, usually when you hear that, that's, that's, that's too good to be true. Just, just like freedom itself, nothing is really free. Well, mobile phone companies not only lock you into long-term contracts, but they also build the price of the phone into your bill with hidden fees. You may think you paid this price for it. And then you start looking at your bill going, what's all this? And they're oh well, that, that was part of your, of your phone. Now with Patriot mobile, they can, uh, they can show you how to get that same 
iPhone interest-free without the games and with no contract. I want to emphasize that. No contract. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They offer nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks because they use the same towers as the major carriers. So you get the same great service, but you're supporting a company that might be more on the same page with you when it comes to a worldview, when it comes to your politics, uh, your God-given rights, and your freedoms. Patriot Mobile also offers a performance guarantee. So you're not happy with the coverage? You know what, Bubba? You can switch to any of the three major carriers. They provide that for you for free. So go to patriotmobile.com and then go slash Rick Bubba. Put those those two words together. No and here. Or you can call uh, their 100% U.S.-based customer service team. We've been talking about that, haven't we? Yes. Uh, yes. Thank uh, goodness. Yeah. Uh, you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code. Put our, our names together, Rick Bubba. Uh, so if you are kind of tired of going, why is my money going to some of these woke companies that the things they promote and the things that they believe and some of the things that uh, that they don't uh, you know, love about our country, patriotmobile.com slash Rick Bubba or call them at 972-PATRIOT. So Ron Wilson is our guest. He's a retired Air Force Brigadier General. Uh, he's uh, flown the, a- the A-10 uh, with the Air Force. He's currently captain with American Airlines. And Bubby's also on the team that's working on getting a robotically operated um, telescope on the dark side of the moon to, to see things that we've never seen before. Yeah, we've talked about kind of the theory on it. Talk about how you're going to get it there. How's this yeah. thing? And I know you've got some graphics on yeah, yeah. how this thing is actually going to yeah. spread out because this is a major engineering feat. It is. It is. So the telescope is actually a mesh telescope because radio waves are so big, you don't need a solid dish to catch them. And uh, it, we're going to take it up. There's a lander. The lander will land, and if you see the uh, the graphics there the lander will land in the center of a crater and then it will project out lines 12 lines and four lines and we'll get that to the edge of the crater and then we'll that'll anchor in by pulling back on those lines and then we will deploy the reflector which is what catches the radio waves on four lines and then the antenna telescope on the 12 lines and you see that there you can see those are the lines the anchor is really the big thing that we really had to work on was the anchor that took so you feel you feel like you got a good design to stick it in the moon and you know what start out the if you're familiar with the fluke anchor of a boat anchor Mm -hmm. the one that has kind of like this yes that's where it really started so it's it's designed based on a fluke anchor so the more it pulls the digger it yep yep and and you know there's a lot of unknowns that's why the anchor was kind of a uh, single point failure um we have to get the anchor right I just saw a satellite go by. <laughs> That's a, a beacon antenna, a okay, beacon right, satellite. Right. So when we we um, um, uh, um, calibrate the telescopes, we have to have like a sat, a CubeSat fly over after that, and that'll calibrate that telescope before. A CubeSat's a little bitty satellite, s- right. small satellite. Well, everybody knows that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> about a shoebox <laughs> or a little bigger. Elementary, yeah. my friend. <laughs> uh, but um, so. Let's ask this question. So part of this is we want to take a look at the Big Bang Theory. We want to go just after it happened, and we should see – we want to see the birth of stars and, and this. So if the Big Bang Theory is going to hold up, so 
the stuff that's coming back, what are some things we'd be looking for that would go, well, there, there it is. There's the evidence of, <clears throat> of this big bang. What, what, what should we see? So, so what we'd like to see is the first stars and galaxies formed, and that'll tell us how we got here. Mm-hmm. And, and it'll tell us a lot more about where we are, how we got here, how things work, and where we're headed in the future. So it, it covers a whole lot, and, and again, it's that area that nobody's ever seen. And we'd be the first to do it. And we're not, this is this concept's been around for a long time, since really the 60s, of putting a radio telescope on the, on the far side of the moon. Um, there's other programs. There's a program called the Far Side, where they put uh, something on the moon and it rolls out just metal over mm-hmm. the moon and, and kind of captures radio waves too. So there's a few programs like this, but uh, we think ours is unique and, and we've worked a lot on it and we have a really good concept. Ron, let me ask you this. The, uh, we'll just talk the, the bigger picture of it. We know from our observations, correct me if I'm wrong, the universe is expanding, and it appears to be speeding up That's as true. it goes, which goes against our known physics. Uh, from a, an explosion, the particles would move quickest, closest to the point, and then start to die off as they lose energy as they go out. What's our what's our best thought on what's going on there? I, uh, I know we've come up with dark energy and dark matter, and, and but to me, we had Ron, uh, I mean Neil deGrasse Tyson on, and uh, yeah. we were talking about it, and I said, you know, the the, the dark energy thing kind of sounds like how I used to balance my wife's checkbook. I just draw a line and give up, you know? Right. I mean, it just sounds like an easy way out to say there's something got out there it. pulling it. We got uh, here, that's dark energy. Yeah. What, what what could really be happening here? What do we know? I mean, it, it is very complex. It's really hard to wrap your mind around it. Right. Yeah. Um, but the universe is expanding, and supposedly it's expanding faster than the speed of light, which nothing can move faster than the speed of light. Well, but, or can it? Oh, here we go. Can, yeah. Don't open the next can of worms. <laughs> Run right now uh, be very cautious. <laughs> Somebody told me, or one of the things we studied was, it's like a loaf of bread with a bunch of raisins in it, and as the loaf of bread rises and expands, it's kind of how the universe expands, and it expands, and everything from it, it expands. Now, if you're looking back at um, uh, the dark ages, you're looking at what they call redshift, so something uh, moving away from you is going to be redshifted, and something moving towards you will be Doppler blue-shifted. Effect. Right. Yeah. James Spann taught us that, watching Tornado. Yes, he did. Hey, there you go. (laughs) And so things back in this time are red-shifted, extreme red-shifted, and that's how you can tell how far away it is and how long ago it was. Um, So that's what we're kind of looking at. Uh, There's something called the 21-centimeter line. That's kind of where the red-shift and the hydrogen all Mm -hmm. all lie, and that's that's the area, that's the sweet spot. So back to your your loaf of bread, are you saying you think it's being pushed out as opposed to pulled out? I think it goes back to your your dark energy and dark matter. Right. That, that can't be explained, but it is expanding and uh, something to do in it. It is. It is. And there, there's a bunch of theories about what what it's going to do. It it may and the, and the sad one is it may expand forever, and pretty soon the universe will be a dark place because you'll be so far you won't be able to right. see anything. Right. Other ones are as it expands and it contracts, expands and contracts, and you go through several big bangs. Mm-hmm. So there's several theories out there, and and. Some of the science that we're doing maybe will help explain some of that. Yeah, that was kind of my point. Maybe mm-hmm. since some of this, we've never been able to see this. So everybody's like you're talking about going, <laughs> okay, it's expanding. Well, well, it looks like it expanded, but it's really not dark energy. Maybe this telescope and the work you guys are doing, and I hope you all get picked for phase three because yep. 
you know, nobody else wants to talk to us. You do. Uh, and, um, and, and, and so, you know, apparently we can get to you. So, so uh, it would be cool to have that. Or Ron got to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Ron. Yeah. But, but yeah, maybe this can help to say, oh no, no. Once we, what are we going to call this? What's the official name of it? Does that have a name? Lunar Crater Radio Telescope, LCRT. Say that, slow down. Say it again. <laughs> Lunar Crater Radio Telescope or better known as LCRT. I think we I'm need to name it. it after somebody like yeah. Hubble, yeah. and also it's easier for us to don't say name it after this guy that's leading. No, the team. no. All right. So, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what are the letters again? The L L C R T. L C R T. I can do that. All right. Yeah, the L C R T. People can say, well, you know, with the L C R T, we saw this, yeah. this, and this. So right. this is ruled out. This we think is still alive. Yep. That's what we're trying to do, right? Yep. That's I wish they call it yeah, like absolutely. the Wilson Telescope. That'd be easier I, to remember. I'd go with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ron, you mentioned a minute ago that it looks like the universe is expanding quicker than the speed of light. Yeah. Which do you, I, I've told Rick all along. And there I'm, he goes. Listen, I'm just, I'm a shade tree mechanic on this, but I said, I think it's arrogant of us. To say that, yes, the speed of light is 186,000 miles a second, round figures right. in a vacuum now. But do we know that it's always been that way? I think it's kind of arrogant of us to think that it's always been that speed just because it's that speed now. Yeah, and, that, and that's why— And that solves some of the math. It does, and that's why all these things are theories, and that's why we do more science. That's right. why we launched James Webb. That's why we're doing the LCRT. You know, that's why we have Hubble, so we can kind of figure this stuff out. Uh, because the more we know, the more we know our place in the universe, the more we know what the future, you know, we can predict the future better, and it just it's better for mankind. Ron, with, with everything expanding, <clears throat> have we ever been able to run this in reverse to kind of see where we think it all started at as far as a point in the universe? Well, that that's kind of why we're doing this. You know, if you look back to the Big Bang, you're actually looking back in time. Right. You know, right. you're not looking distance. You're right. really looking back in time. So we're looking back almost 13.8 billion years. And, and what you're seeing there didn't happen yesterday. It happened, you know, 13.8 billion years ago. So um, that's, that's kind of how they do it. That's all we have. You right. know, that's all we can see from this little blue dot that we're on. It's kind of a, it's kind of magic that the distances are so great that we can use them not as distances but as measurements of time. Yeah, I mean, if, if it was closer, you couldn't do that. Yeah, the, and the and, distances are what boggle my mind. I yeah. mean, that's just so hard to wrap your your head around. If you look at in Washington D.C. at the Smithsonian, they got a, a grapefruit that represents the sun, and then they got a little grape that represents yeah. the Earth, and it's like. 400 meters apart. Right. Well, if you were to get the next closest star, which is Alpha Centauri, four light years away, it would be in San Francisco. Yeah, that's, that's how close. I mean, it just boggles your mind how far things are. And that's just in, that's our neighbor. Can right. you imagine, you know, oh, Big I know. Bang or, I mean, it's just amazing. Run back to, to the telescope, <laughs> the LCRT. Yep. Um, is it, uh, could it be in danger to, meteors because we know the moon has we actually captured a meteor hitting the moon not too long ago and yeah micrometeorites uh, yeah yeah because i know james webb's already had a had a hit right yeah. after it opened up and and we actually did a there's a study and, and we know how many micrometeorites hit the moon per square meter and we've done all the math on it and we can take a few hits and, and, it, and it being wire right or mesh it's mesh you got a lot of air in there too, we, so we we there's going to be a lot of misses. We do, we do. But so, so we will have enough. 
we're supposed to go for a year, but if you've seen a lot of the, the programs, they go for a lot longer than a year, like the rovers on Mars, you mm-hmm. know, they go long. So we're hoping maybe five years um, at least. And, and, and you know we're going back to the moon with Artemis and everything, so maybe there's some maintenance and stuff that can be done when, when we have astronauts on the moon and stuff. But uh, micrometeorites are a problem. Lunar dust is a problem. Solar, solar radiation Heating, cooling, there's a lot of things that we all had to solve. And Aliens. <laughs> the Chinese. <laughs> the anchors were the big one. And, and yeah. if you look at the, the diagrams, we designed that anchor. That was like a fluke, a bulk fluke anchor. And we've done all kinds of research and talked to people all over the world on, on trying to figure this anchor out. Well, and we'll talk about that, too, when we come back in our last <clears throat> uh, session. A couple of things we still want to cover when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, continues. All right, Bubba, we, we like manscaped.com. There it is. We'll say it. And a lot of you are looking for stocking stuffers. You're looking for things to get the men on your Christmas list. Uh, maybe even, you know, we're having the Rick and Bubba Christmas party coming up. Uh, you need, uh, you know, for some people call it white elephant. Some people call it dirty Santa. Some people call it, you know, Yankee swap, what, what, whatever it is. <laughs> are we going to scream Yankee swap? <laughs> but anyway, if you're needing, you know, uh, uh, one of those top gifts, manscaped.com is good too. Speaking of that. You know, that gave me a great idea. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah just, me too. Yeah. So, so anyway, these products, we love them because they're designed for men. Uh, and so, uh, uh, if you're looking, <laughs> swap. the if, visual yeah. got me. Just... All right, let's look at some new <laughs> items. All right, here's a good one. Let's talk about at manscaped.com and everything there. Like I say, our wives are in love with the way our hair's looking with their shampoos and they've got body washes and they've got all kinds of, um, you know, uh, shears, you know, the, if you, the, the shears 2.0, that's the full kit for, you know, nail care with your toenails, your fingernails, scissors, clippers, tweezers, or, you know, also it's there for, for traveling we got travel cases they've got a new cologne and you know what this cologne smells like it sounds it smells like i mean business i mean it's like i've been outside i come in I, it's got kind of a woodsy feel to it uh, uh ladies you're gonna woodsy. love this so it's great for, to get for your man uh and of course also we've, we've got a platinum package 4.0 what it is it's a lot of little presents that are perfect for stocking just a stuff hint of smith lake yeah to it, just right? got a little bit yeah. there you walk in you say you must be staying at smith lake <laughs> so go to manscape.com and we're going to save you 20 percent and we're going to get you free shipping if you use the code bubba 20 that's Bubba20 at manscaped.com. We just helped some of y'all solve your, your Christmas shopping problem right now. Go to manscaped.com, code Bubba20, 20% off in free shipping. This is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetv.com slash Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. All right, so we're wrapping I'm, up. I'm mad at you because you you got me out of my focus. I'm, so, I'm so sorry. I, yeah. I should have never gone down the road of Yankee Swap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're talking to Ron Wilson, retired Air Force Brigadier General. Uh, he is working on the LCRT. Uh, this is a 350 meter mesh telescope uh, that they plan on placing it in a crater on the far side of the moon to get it out of all the noise. Okay. Uh, and we're going to have to do that robotically. There's there's teams working on this. Uh, his team has been selected uh, to be part of Phase 2. He's done Phase 1, Phase 2. Hope to be selected for Phase 3 uh, for you and for mankind and selfishly for the show. So, <laughs> I, agree. Um, I agree. Yeah. And, and we've been discussing, you know, <clears throat> this is going to take us to see things we've never been able to see before. Uh, and we just keep – this is the next step. Uh, with telescopes on us looking deeper and deeper into space. Uh, 
So I do. This has really nothing to do with the telescope, but since I have you here, I, I, I honestly get ready, Ron. For I'm ready. It, well, <laughs> it, it, it boggles my mind. And, and it frustrates me, and I don't know what to do about it. And I know why it's happening. I finally figured it out when I watched the documentary Social Dilemma. Mm. Why, why are people in the time we're living in right now back to saying the earth is flat? <laughs> oh, Rick. You didn't I know, bring huh? that up today. But, but, I mean, they hear a couple of yahoos. Yeah, that, that you've know. got some credibility. I don't. But, but somebody like Ron, could you help? With some, how in the world I, I has this has this come back? I so, know I know how because of social media, and you can get in these little fake worlds, and they keep feeding you all this stuff, and yeah. you can't believe it, that anybody thinks the Earth is round. By the time you yeah. walk out of that <laughs> hole, they pulled you into, and they don't care about you. They're just trying to sell you products, yeah, uh, because they think you like hearing about this, so they'll just keep giving it to you. <laughs> but but what I want to know is of all the research and all the science that we have developed. We see it. Yeah. We can see the earth. We can see the moon. We've seen it. Yeah. Okay. We're going to mm-hmm. see it again. Yeah. So how is this? Can you, Ar- is there anything Artem- you can Artemis say? Artemis is out there right now taking pictures of the earth, which is round, yeah. you know. Right. Um, right. D- real good point. During my master's, one of my assignments, I, I did a, a, one of the classes was on the moon. And uh, one of our assignments was to go find people talk to your people around your office on who thinks we didn't land on the moon and i go that's crazy everybody knows we landed on the moon (laughs) well yeah an air force headquarters i walked around and some of the smartest people didn't believe we landed on the moon and i was i was i'm completely taken back by that i said there's pictures you can look i mean it's if if that was fake, then four hundred thousand people who worked on apollo would have had all lie for all these for 50 years so it just befuddles me how that, how this conspiracy, you know, flat Earth and and not landing on the moon, just uh, I can't explain it. It's almost like it, I think what frustrates me and probably you two more than me, because I'm thankful for people like y'all that this is your passion and you're learning things that I need to know. I'm just not willing to put the time in, um, it, but but I, and don't have the 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 passion for it. But I love the benefits of it, and I like hearing what all y'all found out. Then you can tell me. But 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 what but but my, what bothers me is it feels like you've been you, you have you ever been on a well, you're on a project now and you're way down the road and somebody keeps trying to pull you back yeah. mm-hmm. and you're like I'm not going back to that yeah it's yeah. like this is a complete waste of our time we we we're past flat yeah we, we we've moved on and, and I find somebody mm-hmm. like that and I almost want to shake them and try to prove it to them but you can't you no. know most most of the people oh, you I can't know. prove it to them it's like. You just got to leave them and move on. Because they, they believe all the – because once I show you evidence, you go, that's fake. Yeah. Well, then what do I do now? <laughs> yeah. So well, Rick, we that's going to be your defense anytime I bring something up? We have a space station in orbit yeah. around right. a ball right now, 240 miles up. We have pictures of that. You can go Nobody, outside and see it. Yeah, it yeah. When the over. sun's going down at the right time, <laughs> right angle, you can see it. Yeah. We don't have anybody with a picture of the ice wall or the snow yeah. globe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you can bring some of that to the table, I mean, other than that, you're just, you yeah. know, you're, you're having fun. Uh, you know, people say, well, the flag on the moon was was stiff. There's no wind on the moon. I go, there's no wind on the moon, but they put a, a wire put in the wire top. In it's it. a yeah. simple solution. And, yeah. and then the other one is, well, there's no stars. I go, it's daytime on the moon, and there's no atmosphere, so it's not blue like here. Right. Right. But during the daytime, you can't see stars. No. And that's the same on the moon. During the daytime, you can't see stars. It's black, but you can't see stars. 
and the pictures are laid across each other wrong yeah. because of the crosses. But if yeah. you, they're contrast issues. If you if you correct them, you can see anyway. But that's yeah. I don't know. It, it's just it should be befuddling to us. But given the state of our country now, not completely. Yeah. Uh, can you so, just say, can you just say on the podcast, the Earth is round. <laughs> the Earth is round. Okay. You, it's a ball. Yeah, you better be clear. Yeah, it's a ball. It can't be round. It, it could be right, the pizza pan. Right. You know? it, but but, but things won't orbit a pizza pan. It's a sphere. Things That's will Columbus not orbit. Said it was too. Yeah. <laughs> that, it won't orbit a pizza pan. It just right. won't work. No, it can't no, happen. No. Well, yeah. And and you add another point. You were talking about with all these people working on it. So all of them just decided to get into this and never let yeah. one. It's the one biggest thing conspiracy it, in the world's history. Well, and it was one of the reasons that really helped me my faith in in Christ and the in the resurrection. You know, it's one thing for people to die for something that they didn't know was a lie. Right. But if you're saying that these men made all this up, yeah. the minute they started to crucify me upside down, behead me, <laughs> I'd be going, "Hey, y'all, we made yeah. this up. <laughs> we, we made this up." Yeah, my and, bad. And, and what? And and they and they never ever, none of them ever no. said, "By the way, we made this up. This really didn't happen." And they were willing to die for it. And, 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 and that yeah. course, we studied the Apollo and and. and yeah. Those were amazing yeah. journeys. The the you know, there's a lot of backstory and stuff. I mean, every mm-hmm. one of those were emergency in progress that they yeah. all fixed and yeah. did some amazing engineering yeah. and physics and and made it happen. It, well, it's one thing for people to stick with something we don't have a lot of yeah. evidence on, right? But when we have as much research and evidence well, as we have on this topic, yeah, Rick, it's like we talk about. We want people to have critical thinking. Not, yeah, but of there's a point where I see that square piece of wood with a handle and hinges. Yeah. I have to declare it's a door. Yeah, it, it can't be a vertical coffee table. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It well, just can't be, and, and the case is closed. What we're saying you know, is it's okay to ask a question, but when it's answered, move on. That's right. That's right. Rob, we want to have you back again sometime. This is Absolutely. an interesting topic, and, and we certainly we could talk another hour about cool space stuff but this yeah. is uh this is a really neat project i hope you guys get funding for it and i hope we hope uh so. we get to go down and see it launch one day man yeah. that'd be awesome that'd be cool we're, we're hoping for phase three and if we don't for some reason get phase three we'll be looking for other streams of funding um it's something that you know like i said since aerocebo is gone and stuff it's we've we've done some cnn stuff we're on about six magazines uh we've gotten a lot of visibility telescope's gotten visibility so we hope it continues and we're working hard at it well thank you uh, for all the work you've already done general thank you for taking time to be with us and thanks to all of you for being with us on this edition of rick and bubba university the podcast